Okay, so like wildest story from that time. Any Ooh, like crazy oh, memories? Oh, oh no, you hear nothing from me. Oh, this is what we, <laughs> we want to begin doing crazy. This is, this is what audition. we're doing here. I audition. There's too many people going to be watching this going, uh-huh, woman. Yeah, because they've got they've got really 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 uh, wild stuff on mm. me and. Um, All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so okay. So that's like kind of what things were like here in the in the company. I'll tell you one wild story. Oh, yes. Yes. Let's do it. The 101.7 TNL Rocks era comes with a boatload of memories and stories that I want to explore. Hence, this podcast. This is the TNL Rocks podcast, a branded podcast presented by TNL Radio Network and Paradigm. The one and only. TNL Rocks. Welcome to yet another episode of the TNL Rocks podcast, where I, Sean, go through the history of the TNL Rocks brand, the station, the culture, pretty much everything I can think of. And now I have the Tracy Holsinger with me. Hello, Tracy. Hi. We should do like the morning show intro. Wakey, yes. wakey. Wakey, wakey. Eggs and bakey. Uh, anyway, uh, so Tracy, in case you didn't know, uh, was the morning show host back from 1999 to 2003. All right. So again, it's like peak TNL rocks and all this stuff and so much, so much. Okay. So there's, there's, there's so much that we're going to, that we got to talk about. Okay. Okay. So let's start off with, you've had two stints. Yeah. At T- This is the third, mm-hmm. technically, I suppose. Um... Uh, this yeah, is now the yeah, third. Yeah, it yeah. Is third, yeah. But so uh, the first two stints mm-hmm. at the TNL Radio Network, how did that go? When was that and how did that go? Um, so the first one started in 1998, actually. Okay. Um, I, uh, I wrote the boss a letter and I insisted on an interview. Uh, and then he called me in for an interview <laughs> and um, hired me because I just insisted. I was like, I'm for your station. Um, and then I started off on an afternoon show Mm -hmm. just to be trained up and they, at first they didn't want me to use my real name. Okay. So I went on as Holly for Holsinger. Right. Um, but then they didn't like the sound of that. So then I just went on as Tracy. Um, and then, and this is what I love is that light was ready to be launched. Yeah. And that was in 1999. So the current uh, morning show host from TNL mm-hmm. became the first morning show host on Light. Right. And then his name is Gehan Pires. Right. And then I replaced Gehan as the morning oh, show host. Okay. So my first show was on the 1st of January, 1999. That... I, uh, yeah, that was quite a first show. Yeah. Interestingly, mm. so I mean, you all don't see Rajit behind the camera, but that's exactly Rajit's path to the morning show as well because oh, he yeah? was on the afternoon then the tnl morning show moved to light mm-hmm. so I, I came and joined the light show mm-hmm. and then rajit behind the camera there became our morning show host hey rajit i mean listen you are on the path to greatness my man <laughs> like say exact same trajectory mm-hmm. um <laughs> so okay so 99 and then you start off and you're you're on the morning show uh on, on tnl until 2003. Until, yeah. I took then, a break in the middle. Okay. Because I'd been on for a while and um, it's exhausting. I was on my own. Mm. Um, 
and it was my first real sort of prolonged stint in radio as a presenter and um it took enormous um uh, reserves of energy for me to do it because yeah. i'm naturally a very quiet person mm. and so to go on every day and do the 4 hour show it was exhausting at times mm-hmm. it took a lot out of me um and i sort of built a persona yeah um and so um it was really interesting i mean that, that first stint it was fantastic mm. um and i ended off in 2003 uh i made i think an album with ben who yeah. was mo- hosting the morning show on um light and it was uh, 13 parody songs um all about politics in the country at the time and um all in all it was a really um i loved it we didn't have anything like uh, what we do now there's no the tech we there, have no <laughs> everything was live you played mm-hmm. live you used cd's you mixed jingles and things in it was all live and there was only you doing yeah. it and there was no internet so you didn't have show prep like that you had to go to the one office uh computer, computer that yeah. had internet you had to go through stuff and then you had to print <laughs> it out and take it into the uh studio with you and then we got the morning papers delivered so that mm. became like my natural content yeah. uh but we didn't i mean very rarely did we do stuff like celebrity news mm. or like oh this that because the internet was kind of only just born really mm-hmm. uh before uh, mahinda raja paksa brought it here it actually <laughs> was here say. it was here <laughs> i can attest to it uh in 1999 <laughs> um yeah so um it was a different time um and you really kind of learned on the go and then mm. when cd's skipped and things like yeah. that it was uh, you know you didn't have your backup tracks that you could just click and play yeah. it was like you had to talk while feeding <laughs> around for something and then chucking it in there and uh playing it yeah so uh yeah yeah i mean there's some surprising moments <laughs> amazing moments um just i love it mm. I, i mean i love radio i know same here i mean mm. again i i don't have that s- what with you know my time on radio it's all been far more like technologically yeah. driven I've always had, you know, internet and fancy computer programs and that, all that that we that run it all on. So the panel is so yeah. <laughs> cool as I keep telling you. Like I I want that in the light studio. I want to be doing it. Yeah. If you've never seen the TNL studio, it's it, we've got a massive touch screen on which everything runs. Um it's so cool. It's very cool. But you mentioned Ben because I mean years ago I had the opportunity to work with him. And he would tell me these stories of what, you know, the place was like in the 90s and all mm-hmm. and um Because he told me a story that I cannot imagine flying anymore, and I don't know if it was true or not, which is why I want to confirm with you. He told me that you'd like he would be doing the morning show with like a coffee and a cigarette, like there, like in the studio. And I'm thinking, no way, no way, no way that could have happened. No, right? No. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I mean, I don't like from an equipment safety perspective. That's just like bonkers to me. No, no. no. <laughs> okay, um, thank goodness. I can't imagine our boss going for that either. I think in his alternate reality, yeah. <laughs> that might have happened. He had some interesting tales along mm. those lines. But okay, so this actually brings me to the next thing I want to talk to you about, mm. which is kind of like you know you were talking about. You know, we had the one computer and to like print all your stuff and all that. Like, what was the 
the the company culture and all of that like? Like, what was the environment like? Because, so for instance, bosses told me some stories from back in the days. Like, someone we're hoping to get on the podcast is uh, a guy named Chuck. And he visited and he, back when the we was all at the tower building. Mm-hmm. And he'd walked in and been like, okay, like it's all crazy and going on. He's like, okay, this looks like a radio station. You know? And so... What was that like for you? Like, what was the culture like? What were the people like? And in, especially in those formative years? Yeah. Um, an amazing group of people. Um, so Wendell Tile was the program's manager and then Howard Bro here was assistant program's manager. And the two of them were solid leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had such a great lineup there was fiona who had a massive following uh she used to take over just mm. after me um i mean so many so many um casey nigel hayes um hayes joined right as i was leaving or after i left so okay i never but um we had also um karen okay um who else did we have i think that was the core group and then uh, damien yeah uh, he joined at the same time that I did. Um, the culture was a peer, peer hatch, <laughs> okay. gorgeous. Um, so the culture was really proactive. It was very energetic. Okay. Uh, we were, I'd say we worked hard and played hard okay. too, played very hard. <laughs> uh, but it was all part of the work and the play. Mm. It was, um, that. that's what was wonderful about it is that, um, I mean, we did work and, you know, had, you know, marketing had fights with creative and there was all <laughs> that. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you could put all that aside and there were really tight, strong relationships. Mm. There a lot of mentorship, um, camaraderie and doing, you know, if something needed to be done, you just said, all right. Let's get this done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we had some pretty wild times. That's what like, I keep mm. hearing these stories and I really wanted to. Mm. Okay, so, like, wildest story from that time? Any, Ooh, like, crazy oh, memories? Oh, no, you'll hear nothing from me. Oh, this is what we, <laughs> this is what we want to begin to, Tracy. This is, this is what audition. we're doing here. I audition. <laughs> There's too many people going to be watching this going, uh-huh, woman. Yeah, because they've got, they've got really, really, really uh, wild stuff on mm. me. And... Um, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, so, okay. So that's like kind of what things were like here in the in the company. I'll tell you one wild oh, story. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Um, the on stages mm. were always wild. Um, every single one of them, and there was uh, one on stage where the people. So I hosted it, yeah. right? And and uh, there was one on stage that we did somewhere near Goldface. I can't remember now exactly. Mm. I think it's where the Kingsbury is. The Kingsbury was being built. And so it was okay. this massive lot. And we did, I think it was the third or fourth on stage there. Um, and it was long. And I was hosting. And the person I was hosting with was my ex-boyfriend, who is now my husband. Okay. But at the time, we were broken up and we were angry. <laughs> uh, and then um, the peop- the band that people expected to win mm. didn't win. Oh, okay. Right? From the last band that played, there was this genius 
band that came forward mm. from and everyone was like who is that oh my god and they won yeah and so the crowd also turned a little sore yeah um oh worst story i know the worst story ever okay can i talk about it yeah you can let's finish the on stage but then, then so, we'll get to that okay <laughs> Suddenly, it's all sort of yeah. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. Um, so that one, the crowd also turned a little sour, yeah. and uh, that one ended with some like fisticuffs, Ooh. as they say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just remembered the <laughs> wildest night ever, and wildest because it felt like a really bad hallucination that went on for far too long <laughs> and that was puddle of mud tnl radio presents us alternative rockers puddle of mud live at the finals of tnl on stage season 15 uh yeah yeah, that was that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. That was a thing because after the show, everyone was traumatized, right? Mm. And uh, so being the morning show host at that time, I was 41. Okay. Right? But everyone else was in their early 20s. Dino, I mean, there was Dino and some, yeah. sort of some of the older ones. Uh, but everyone else, their RPs were young and mm. they were just devastated hmm. so after the gig finished no one wanted to go into the dressing room fair and enough i mean yeah no one wanted that point, to who would want to and they were all standing outside and weeping <laughs> um and uh so but uh you know someone had to go in yeah you were nominated so b- being this <laughs> sort of yeah the old the most mature hmm. whatever so I I took Kaylin okay. um, and a couple of others and we walked in and we stood there. And uh, so the, the guitar go, guy goes, oh, I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, oh, how, how was it? How'd it go? How'd it go? And, and so... Um, Did they not like get the vibe? Like nothing? It just cool? <laughs> you know, I, it was very... So it was very, they were absolutely in denial. Okay. Right? And Wes, uh, Wes, um, uh, the, yeah. Him, um, he was smashed. Okay. Right? And uh, he, uh, he was like uh, cursing and swearing. And the other guys were totally oh, denying that <laughs> and totally denying the looks on our faces, also going, oh, how did you guys like it? <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> At, uh, and then they were like, okay, now we're ready to go out for a night on the town. Oh, wow. And uh, so they wanted to be entertained and taken around Colombo. Meanwhile, the whole team's like Depression City. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the TNL crew just vanish. <laughs> Disappear. Nobody. I can't see anyone around. <laughs> so then I have to... then. My cousin was there, mm. luckily, um, and her sister. So the three of us take this band 
um, Wes goes to mm. his room. He's not happy. He's, mm. he's depressed and he wants to go to his room. So he doesn't go out. But we have to take these other three guys out. And so we took them to a bunch of places. And um, like the anger was just building, mm. you know. Um, and then I got them all smashed. And then I took them back to their hotel room. And I sat them down and I let them have it. I said, how dare you call yourselves musicians? You're a complete disgrace. Damn. You have let us down. You don't know how we are being destroyed yeah. on social medias. And you bleepers <laughs> wanted a night out on the town. Let me tell you, if you call yourself a self-respecting musician, you'll quit this band. Mm. Stop this bullshit. And become a proper musician. Have some self-respect. Yeah. Again, because um, this was, again, this is, I wasn't here at the time, but even I heard about all of this. And it was crazy, oh, yeah, all the, like, yeah. the flack that, that TNL was getting at oh, the time. Oh, my goodness. Because we were all there at the sound check, mm. right? Okay. Uh, we were all there because already all these rumors about, uh, you know, okay. uh, lip syncing were abounding. So we were, like, all there, like hawks. And then Wes didn't turn up for the sound check. Uh, All okay. the other musicians, they played live. You heard everything. Mm. And and uh, when he didn't turn up, we were like, oh, why well, doesn't come? And he was like, no, no, he's resting his voice. He's fine. Um, so then come the show. I think they managed to get through the first song. And then sort of people suddenly mm. started to realize that this man was off his face and mm. uh, everyone was playing live apart from him. Yeah. And it just, yeah. So then, you know, there was that shit storm. Mm. <laughs> but then some months later, this is yeah. really strange, uh, Warren, okay. uh, who used to be the assistant programs manager on Light. Okay. He came to me one day and said, the bass player from Puddle of Mud emailed me, mm. said he quit the band. He's now playing in a band on an ocean liner. And he <laughs> wanted Warren to tell me yeah. that he had quit. Wow. So there, I felt like, you know, I achieved a little small something. No, that's a dead. I scolded that boy like a pickpocket, you know. I really did. I did not. Uh, and even the older ones, because by the time I got them back mm. to their hotel room, I I very rarely get furious. Mm. But when I do, it's quite intimidating, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. So at least one of them saw yeah. the error of his ways. Man. I mean, and good that they did. At yeah. least at least one. Mm. Um, but fantastic. Mm. That is such a cool no, story. That's, no, no. I just, I just hope <laughs> boss lets us put this out. We'll have to see. <laughs> We'll have uh, to see if all of this gets through. Um, because on on tape somewhere, yeah, you should have my interview with uh, okay. them on the morning show. We yes, I think we yeah. do. It's up on our YouTube. Yes. I think how to check and see. But yes, we did find something. I have to tell to you. I have to tell you though. Like red flags were mm. going off from the moment that man walked into my studio. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So um, from like you know the concert back to on stage. So, first on stage was in 1999. Yep. You hosted mm -hmm. as well. What was it like, like the, the thought process and the planning for actually putting on stage, like, okay, we're going to have a competition, we're going to let bands play, and it's going to be, a, we're going to judge them, and it's going to be winner. Like, mm. how did all of that play out, and like in the lead up to on stage? 
Okay. The first time. Well, I mean, it was all arranged by Wendell and Howard. Okay. Right? It was Wendell's brainchild. And so he and um, the boss and Howard kind of um, did the whole, this is how it's going to work and the whole process. Um, leading up to it, uh, I mean, we promoted it and we started playing more uh, local songs okay. on air. That was, um, I think that's one of the things I really appreciated um, because that's why Onstage also started, yeah. was to promote local talent, give local talent a space. Mm -hmm. uh, because we weren't playing local songs back then. It was very rare that you'd find a station that would play that. So that was a big deal for us, yeah. to be able to promote our own music. And then, you know, TNL eventually had a show dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think um, in that sense, becoming a radio station, promoting local music was a fairly novel thing in the English yeah. uh, sphere, at least. So I think there was a lot of excitement. We had a lot of bands applying. Um, and so we had preliminaries and mm -hmm. then semifinals and the finals. And the preliminaries were fantastic because we used a lot of small venues okay. all around town. And then we had the final at um, the Rock Cafe, okay. um, which no longer exists. Mm. It was on Green Path. Um, we had it there. And we had really, a, um, there was a lot of people making music in low, uh, original music mm. in English at that time, like Brown Boogie Nation and... Um, you know, um, yeah. Oh, who, who? Uh, I mean, there was Independent Square. Uh, Stigmata was just coming up, and um, oh gosh, the band that uh, wrote Pelicans Highway, and the name is not coming to me. Preb Cycle, okay. Preb Cycle. Yeah. So there were all these great bands making their own music. I mean, Preb Cycle has a track that I heard them playing once at Bihara Mahadevi Live called mm. Divine You. Mm. That's just, I don't think there's a recording of it, but that song is an absolute piece of gold. Um, so you got so you got people coming out. Um, and you have to remember 1999, so, sort of some of the tension had died down, but right. we were living in a very... High security time is so, so normalized for us to be just stopped everywhere, for big barricades to be everywhere. Mm. Um, and in the midst of that, you had young people coming out, supporting these local bands, becoming groupies and like following the event so cool. from venue to venue to venue. Um, and the crowds getting bigger. I mean, the crowds got bigger and bigger and bigger, which is why we had, had to eventually yeah. shift to much bigger venues. Mm. Uh, but I think it started in a small and beautiful way um, and then really became an event of some standing. Yeah. I mean, it was, again, it was like such a big deal to mm. be in on stage. To yeah. Have, I mean, one on stage, like, holy crap. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And again, like so many of those people, uh, so Independent Square won the first one. So mm -hmm. that was like Damien was in that and then you had yes. Shahan and all. So, uh, and again, like so many people uh, who have done on stage either 
like wound up here. So Dilini was she did on stage. Uh, Shamin, who's in marketing now, uh-huh. wasn't wasn't was an on stager. So uh-huh. you know, and there's so many people, yeah, just that I've like met or worked with or whatever who. Have, you end know, up working here yeah um and i'll tell you what it's because the ethos is on the music mm. uh and being very careful about the music and wanting to promote good music i think that's still there our ethos still mm. is very much driven by our music oh yeah um, definitely yeah and okay so there was one more thing that i kind of wanted to get in because you were talking about you know your first two kind of play local music on mm-hmm. uh, on a station and all yeah. of that and because i mean i was speaking to suresh for the podcast and uh he was saying that you also played like one of stigmata's first songs it was like mm. the first time that they had ever gotten any kind of airplay yeah like how what was the response like the reaction kind of like from the bands that were all of a sudden like getting this kind of this exposure like you're getting on the radio that's such a like yeah. a cool thing I, I mean i think it made them happy i would think that that they were finally getting some air airplay i do know that it inspired a lot more live gigs okay. and there was um i think suresh and the stigmata boys will remember this i can't remember the name of the event it was something it wasn't rock saturday but like um was it once a month you know like you had jazz sunday once okay. a month there was this rock event once a month um started by a guy named ajit mm. i'm so like i'm so vague about this it's <laughs> you know like maybe around the year 2000 okay. so really vague anyway there was a, a so a regular rock event that okay. started happening um and i think the fact that a rock radio station started playing local rock artists really um encouraged a lot of more people because um i remember the second and third on stages onwards uh you had fantastic bands like paranoid earthling mm. um you know um uh, lots of lots of variety lots of different kinds and i think it did a lot for the the really hard rock bands yeah. um which is fantastic really really enjoyed that and there was a real boom i think there was an excitement about making uh music and i know so independent square for example recorded two albums before they split up mm-hmm. stigmata boys uh they're still going they're still going and <laughs> rocking um uh, yeah and i think the paranoid earthlings you know i'm still in touch with some mm. of the paranoid earthlings wow. yeah um you just uh, you just sort of grow up with these people and even um creb cycle mm-hmm. the boys from that um you just sort of these people also became part of our sphere anyway and we you know do whatever we could to promote them outside of on stage mm-hmm. as well man again it's it's just so cool to again again hear these stories and i don't know just get a better understanding of what this like crazy brand and not just brand but also like the time and that environment was like Um so we have to wrap up in I think just a little bit but before that like anything else like any other stories or anything that just comes to mind it's like freestyle it mm. <laughs> freestyling we had a we had a lot of mad parties okay yeah I, um that's one thing but um another thing is um I mean, we had a really out there news department Okay. Um and the yeah, no they were 
proper cutting edge like Michelle okay. Pereira, who was the okay. head of the news, um, she'd be out covering mm. everything. Okay. I remember I went with her for a protest once. Mm. This was when, uh, this was during Chandrika Kumarzinga's first okay. term. There was a protest against her. Mm. And it was a group of people who were walking uh, from like the Vihara Mahadevi Park up Green Path. Um, and so we were walking along and then we were met. And all it was was to deliver a letter. Mm. And we were met with this massive um, bunch of water cannons and military police. And again, it was just a, a, like about 500 people yeah. <laughs> waving their <laughs> placards. And then you're like, oh. Yeah. Uh, and Michelle Pereira, who was live on radio at mm. that time, doesn't pause, climbs up a tree while talking and continues reporting Man. and I'm standing underneath like waiting for her to fall <laughs> but I mean she was hardcore the news team was just great you know and um, for me one of the highlights was um, working with Michelle she eventually uh, developed um, like an alter ego okay. on on my morning show right and uh, she was called Mandy the weather girl okay and so in this completely different voice, she'd come and give me weather updates and they'd be depending on the state of her heart at mm. that time. So it was all about her failed love affairs uh. and she'd never actually give any weather update. And then sort of that grew into a very antagonistic relationship between us. So, uh, but in character and it was, you know, people loved Mandy. So that was a highlight for me. Um, I think also being uh, mentored by the boss mm. it was um it was fantastic because i'd i'd studied radio at college okay but it had only ever been like radio drama mm. and so um when i came here i i had heard howard stern okay. so he kind of influenced me a lot and mm. also a guy called jeremy paxman mm. uh so I, I was kind of a blend of that okay but um i think once i came here and i started working with the boss and also with howard who was my first producer um they really made me the presenter i have become uh and they didn't uh, you know i was allowed to do a lot of stuff until the boss would say the minister from ratnapura called <laughs> me today what did you say <laughs> or you know, yeah. so I was allowed to go up to a point and mm. then it's then like he'd say, someone has given you a death threat today. Is it really? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So great mentorship. And um, the boss also taught me sound design. Oh, wow. And when the studio uh, opened downstairs, the new one, mm. I was the first sound engineer in there. Whoa. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like full on proper mentorship in all aspects, which is uh, also why like for me sometimes... If I'm not wearing the headset mm. and I'm talking, I'm it's, like, it's so am weird. I even talking? It's Can so I, weird. What? what? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like, you, you know, um, I think the, the most wonderful thing is working in a place and in an ethos that really empowers you, like absolutely gives you these skills and says, you know, really, I felt mm. very empowered. It's kind of give you a need and then run with it. 
yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, Boss, if you're watching or listening, this is why I want you on the podcast. And uh, no, I was a menace. <laughs> I have to apologize. I have to apologize to everybody I ever worked with at TNL. I was a menace, mostly to Howard in the mornings because um, I used to have a terrible temper in the mornings. I did really bad. Like I was not a morning person. Mm. Um, and um, yeah. I have to apologize to Wendell, to Howard, to Sharon, to anyone who needs an apology from me. I, I really was, even the boss. Um, I was a bit of a menace, um, but allowed to be a menace, mm. um, which was wonderful, really. Uh, and what has always kept me coming back to TNL, um, because I, I've never actually worked at any other radio network. Man. Um, I've always come back here because I know what I'm getting into. Um, and it's a good thing. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. Tracy Holsinger, our morning show host. Can I say? First of, yeah. It's Holsinger. Holsinger. Gur. Gur. Holsinger. Tracy Holsinger. Holsinger. Yeah. There we go. All right. I never say your last name on the show. No one. <laughs> I mean, I went through most of my life being called crazy because people couldn't pronounce the crazy or racy because people couldn't pronounce the T. What? So I've been racy Felsinger. Uh, I've been everything. And so now I'm getting a bit old. No, so I'm, I'm caring a bit more. And I'm like, say Holsinger. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> I'm going to say it like a million times in the morning. So no. <laughs> Holsinger. Holsinger. Yeah. Don't. You're on don't, the morning don't. show. With That's with why Tracy. Holsinger I'm not fussy. Sean. Just so long as someone <laughs> says the T in my name, I'm okay. To or your name at all. There's one person who's been messaging the show these days saying good morning sean and team and that's it <laughs> i think she has been seduced by sean's american uh -huh. drawl yeah and so next time she messages in i'm just gonna say like hi how you doing <laughs> and you know get my drawl going on hopefully it'll work and she'll say back. my name say my <laughs> name uh anyway <laughs> on that note so that there is well this here is tracy Hallsinger. hey there we go and that's another edition of the TNL Rocks podcast. Make sure that you share it, you like it, all that good stuff. And you follow us on social media and uh, so you see, you know, upcoming episodes. And uh, if there are folks that you might like to see on future episodes, just let us know. Again, I can't make any promises. But again, the whole point of all this is to explore that history and hear those stories and all of that. So do comment, like, share, all that good stuff and stick around for the next one. The TNL Rocks Podcast, a branded podcast from TNL Radio Network, produced in partnership with Paradigm and hosted by Sean Hevage. Our executive producer from Paradigm is Zeeshan Akram Jabir. Our executive producer from TNL Radio Network is Sean Hevage. And our show producer is Rajit Maligaspe, with production assistance from Randika Victor.